When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lord save the Queen! Hello and Happy New Year. It is 2021. I'm your host, Anne Griffith, and I'm delighted to be reunited with my friend and partner in podcast crime, Daily Mirror Royal Editor, Russell Myers. Hello, Russell. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are we? I'm very good, thank you. It's very nice to see you. How have you been? Likewise. It's been a while, isn't it? I mean, it has been. I mean, there's been a lot going on since we last met. Not only has there been actual Christmas and actual New Year, but we've been through about two different tiers of restrictions for the COVID and been in lock- and now we're in lockdown. So that is, that is the status of where we are in the UK right now. But the vaccines are happening. So fingers crossed for better I'm more worry- things More worried about how big my barnet is going to get in the lockdown, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Hairdressers all shut. <laughs> so it's all right. Mrs. Myers and the scissors. You just have to trust her. Okay, uh, no, I absolutely don't trust her, to be honest. Oh, my husband uh, has the same approach. I think it's wildly unfair. <laughs> So, you know, it's been it has been a very different Christmas time for the royals as well. So we'll be reflecting on that a little bit later on because it's our our first time getting together for about three weeks. We had some nice special guests in between times. And I would just like to note, I mean we'll come to it later when we talk about the Archwell podcast, but we were the first person to close out our show with some children when we had that lovely singing for the primary school children. So thank you to them. Right. Trailblazers. Yes, absolutely. Where, where we lead, others follow, Russell. Let's put it that way. Um, so, right, let's kick it off with your story that was in the paper today, Space Time Continuum, Wednesday, that Harry won't be coming back to have a sort of a face-to-face discussion as they approach the end of that initial how Harry and Meghan will operate on the outside world of the royal family. And, you know, given the current restrictions, you can understand it, really. <laughs> Yeah, you can. And I mean, listen, there's been a lot of talk about this sort of 12 month review. Obviously, it's coming up in March. Um, and Harry and Meghan had been very, very quiet over the first sort of few months after, well, throughout global lockdowns, hadn't they? Because they were obviously busy uh, doing a lot of stuff with Archwell and relevant charities in the background, and they couldn't uh, sort of launch it um, like they have done recently. However, my understanding is that Harry definitely wanted to, to come back to the UK, have a face-to-face meeting with his granny, um, and, and sort of just iron out the details, the, the, the finer details of, um, of how everything is working for both parties. Now, there's, a lot of been, lot, there's been a lot of discussion about um, the relevant deals that Harry and Meghan have signed, you know, this big, huge mega deal with Netflix, rumoured to be £100 million, Netflix, uh, the Spotify deal. 
is uh, about 30 million that they signed for a multi-year deal. And then um, you've got Megan investing in a vegan coffee brand, Clever Brands, I think it's called. And she was, um, uh, had roped in Oprah Winfrey to, to market it on her own personal Instagram page, which created a little bit of controversy because of the, the use of a crown emoji. Who would have thought a crown emoji would have set some people off? But apparently it has done. And what it is um, all points to, really, is the pace at which they are signing these big money corporate deals. And of course, they wanted to seek their financial independence, in their words. Um, and and I think that uh, everybody would sort of wish them well in that. But the, the crux of it was which they detailed in their own Sussex Royal website all those months ago. I mean, it was a year ago. Can you believe it? Yeah. Um, but they did. They, they said that all everything that they would do would be to uphold or alongside upholding the values of the Queen. And that is certainly up for debate. And the sort of senior courtiers and advisors to the, the Queen and other senior royals are getting a little bit nervous about how much that, um, you know, that they are entering the corporate world and, um, and and where it will all lead. So I think that uh, for both parties, certainly a face-to-face meeting would have been, um, uh, yeah, would have been, what's the word? Helpful. For? Helpful for, for everybody. And, and the fact that that will not be able to happen now, not only because of we've entered the lockdown, uh, but also that um, the, the, the travel restrictions in the US are getting ever more stringent. So, um, and, and look at, it doesn't look like they'll be um, relaxed anytime soon. So yes, one must feel for Harry that he isn't going to get that opportunity. And um, however, what you know, I do think that um, even though he hasn't, I mean, I'm told he hasn't yet contacted uh, the Queen or you know her advisors to make that meeting. They are expected to uh, arrange a solution in the coming weeks. So whether that will be an extension to this sort of 12 month review, um, or whether it's sort of uh, everybody shakes hands and, and moves on on their merry way who who knows at the moment so uh, so i imagine it will be but watch this space so my thoughts on this are number one it would have been nice for harry to be able to see his granny never mind be able to discuss the review presu- presuming that you know still keeping in keeping in touch and you know still as she said they will still be part of the family even if they're not part of the working family so there's that and then there's also we have all got really used to video calls but they're not the same as being in a room with someone. You can only, it's much harder to kind of, I don't know, gauge the atmosphere or work out what's yeah. going on, read the body language or that kind of interruption or who speaks. I mean, obviously you're not going to be interrupting the Queen anyway, I would imagine. But, you know, like who is speaking next is sort of a little bit harder to manage quite often in video calls. or And it's just, it, there's just a layer of, um, an added layer of distance that it puts in. You well, this is... This is quite emotive, isn't it? And especially when Harry's talking about, um, one would assume he's, he wants to keep his military appointments. He definitely wants to have that connection that he is missing. Um, and on the flip side as well, they want to try and uh, work out where Harry and Meghan's future lie um, and whether it is to carry on with this sort of juggernaut of signing themselves up to uh, projects with these massive corporations that, arguably will will want um their pound of flesh at the end of it i don't think that they they'll just give tens of millions of pounds to harry and megan to just uh, churn out podcasts like they did um on the pilot episode that we heard recently um, as nice as it was i don't think it's breaking any new ground and certainly that the money and uh, that is being 
given to Harry and Meghan, they are going to um, you know, presumably want them to do something a bit meatier. And whether that involves them showing you know, their lives in, in California or whether it involves them doing historical uh, projects about the royal family or talking about their uh, position before Megxit, um, then, uh, then... I don't think we know, should call it Megxit. Because I, it I, do you know what I was just about to say? I don't necessarily like that term, but it, it has become uh, a word of the year. I mean, even the Oxford Dictionary used it, haven't they? So, but I'm I still don't. Going. I think it's unfair because it's ultimately it's actually Harry that's left the royal family more than Meghan has, really. So you know. Anyway, that's no. That's I see what you mean. Side, I see what you mean. Side yes. note, but, should we ban? Um, should we ban it? Should we try and ban it? We, well, I don't think I've ever within the pod. Within the pods, within the pods, we're not going to use that. I don't use it in our in our um, social posts. I guess there may be some that go out auto if they get used. No, I can see why some people do, do find it uh, a little bit um, challenging. Uh, however, you know, it's, it's a sort of in social psyche now, isn't it? So it is, and it, obviously it's all Brexit's fault. But there we go. That's a whole other story. Um, hello to <laughs> That's our another friend, podcast indeed. Yeah, hello to our friends in Europe, and um, we're sorry that we're even that bit further away from you again now. Anyway, that's again a side note, and that's me just saying my things, not Queen or anything like that. Sadly, anyway, um, I've got thoroughly distracted. But well, let's, let, let, let's just say it's um, it's it's. It could all happen on Zoom, of course it has. Like we've been on Zoom for about twenty years, it seems now. <laughs> but um, of course, we want to be in a studio together. We want to be able to, you know, have those meetings. And I do think, was something as emotive as this, um, it would it really would have benefited for the family getting together. And that definitely doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. Certainly, the people that I've spoken to have said that Harry's. Um, uh, his desire is is definitely to be in Europe and the UK at some time in this in the in the springtime because not only has he got Invictus Games which is still apparently going ahead in May in the Hague then you've got um, Granny's birthday uh, in June you've got uh, the 100th and uh, 100th birthday of uh, his granddad Prince Philip uh, which will be be a good uh, one well yes it will be because there will be sort of public and private events so if they go ahead but then you've got garden parties that will come on to later that have all been carried they've all been cancelled so god knows yeah. what is happening at the moment so everything is up in the air um and probably on a personal level he probably does want to come back and see his family it's been oh, we all want to see time. our families really don't we, we do, we? I think we that's, do yeah. that's the thing so the thing that i would say before i got distracted was that um i think they have actually been quite successful in putting distance between themselves and the royal family in that the way they operate now they are not you know they are I feel like they are what they are doing is not actually very much associated with the royal family really because they've put physical distance you know they're in California they're living a kind of a Californian life in a Californian way she says from London not fully knowing exactly what the Californian way and way of life is but kind of maybe it's our British impression of it anyway um and so far the deals that they have done they're just at the beginning we've not really seen how they have unfolded and I or what they will actually deliver as such and maybe that is what they would want to be discussing in the review is like okay the kind of the public thing is this there is this deal but what does that actually mean what are what are the what is the actual nitty-gritty of what you're going to be doing and does that hold true because i think you know 
Prince Harry doing mental health stuff with Apple and Oprah, that seems perfectly in keeping with the kind of his kind of interests that he had before. And fine, they might be doing it in a different way, a lot of this stuff, or a different a different kind of language. They, they, they're talking in a different way. They're talking in that sort of American style, certainly not us cynical you know us two cynical journo folks it's not it's not the way that we talk but it's um i i don't feel like looking at harry and Meghan. i see them as part of the royal family now i see them as celebrities well there was you know to saying that they've distanced themselves i'm not you know, it's arguable that by using that language um on archwell website I haven't got it up, but it was, I am my mother's son and I am our son's mother. And by using the imagery of Princess Diana as well, they aren't necessarily pulling themselves away from the, from the, the you know, the, the, their royal background. And perhaps... But Diana is, wasn't a royal, it's sure, sort of. But, yeah, but she's still, um, I still think that imagery is so powerful and that they are sort of trading on that. And listen, I'm not criticising it, I'm saying that, it, um, he's obviously perfectly well within his rights to use his mother's picture and him himself. And he certainly feels very um, connected to her in that way. And that's kind of what they want to do as well by using their platform as Diana did to shine a light on so many interesting and worthwhile causes. Um, let's talk about the website. Can yes. I, can I reach out? Let's letter. remind ourselves a letter for 2021. I am my mother's son and I am our son's mother. Together we bring you Archwell. We believe in the best of humanity because we have seen the best of humanity. We have experienced compassion and kindness from our mothers and strangers alike. In the face of fear, struggle and pain, it can be easy to lose sight of this. Together we can choose courage, healing and connection. Together we can choose to put compassion in action. We invite you to join us as we work to build a better world. One act of compassion at a time. Signed by Harry and Meghan. What was your instant impression when you saw it Russell I mean I, I, I someone pulled me up on Ar Archwell or them up on Archwell it's Arkwell apparently that is or Ark is the actual Greek oh, yeah. one of our one of our listeners had that several several actually days a colleague ago. who's mentioned this to me and I mean it's Ark apparently but I'm not a Greek scholar uh, well, until we didn't. hear them talking about it, we won't know. I mean, you could call yourself Russell if you wanted to. <laughs> Maybe we should. Why not? It might catch on. Well, it might. We'll ban. We'll ban Megxit and bring in Russell. <laughs> um, um, what did I think of it? I mean, I, it's something I just sort of came to expect from them. Really, it's uh, it's very emotive language. It's not for necessarily. I'm maybe not the target market. Um, I'm not too sure who is the target market. Who do you think? Well, I'm kind of asking you partly as as a man and as a new dad, because the thing that immediately struck me was that it was kind of airbrushing the men out of the picture a little yeah. bit somehow. And, you know, I, I'll come on to some comments from listeners in a bit, but just like, oh, ouch. Like if I was Charles, I think I'd probably be feel quite hurt. Um, and particularly, not even like the, the setup at the beginning, but saying that we've experienced compassion and kindness from our mothers and strangers alike. It's almost like mothers are the only people that can give compassion. And when you're putting the focus on being our son's mother, like what is the role of the son's father? Like Harry's, I, f I felt like Harry was put, kind of put at a distance from Archie. And I know that this is like absolutely microanalyzing what they're saying and how they've said it and all that kind of thing. But 
but ultimately they are Harry and Meghan, and that's what yeah, that's and what happens. They're putting but, this up themselves. It's their words, so they 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 should be microanalyzed. Um, and and I think that they'd <clears throat> anyone would be foolish to think that it wouldn't be. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure that is that maybe. Again, you read too much into it, but maybe you know the fact, the fact that Prince Charles has sort of been airbrushed from it is a, is um is potentially a little bit hurtful. I mean, but I can see I can see the the direction it's going in, and certainly the the imagery used of that picture of Harry on Diana's shoulders. Um, I don't. Uh, it's it's it almost just felt as though they couldn't mention Charles because then it, they'd have to mention Thomas, mm. and that just seems slightly ridiculous. Like everybody knows that. Um, Megan doesn't have a relationship with her father, and you know that's her prerogative. And it's, it's obviously, it's just so such a it's at such a low ebb, unfortunately, mm. their relationship that that then 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 Charles doesn't get a look in. And Although equally, I guess if you if you're talking about compassion, you probably would tend to think of Diana over Charles. Well, I, do you know what? Someone said that to me, but I will disagree because I think Charles did help them. And certainly, the, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people who know Charles well, and he, you know, he, he helps those boys through that, that, period, that tumultuous period in their life. And, they, and he has worked very hard to make sure they have a relationship, uh, that, you know, the, the, the three of them, um, and is absolutely devastated about how it's actually worked out for or had worked out last year for Harry that he'd felt sort of backed into a corner um and I'm as far as I'm concerned people uh, I'm led to believe that, the, that their relationship is is, pre- is pretty good now so it's yeah I'm at a lot I'm at a loss to explain it really and I think that it's probably more clear-cut that it's just the Thomas Markle aspect of it and um and that the fact they didn't mention the father well that just seems Sometimes sad. it's difficult to fit everything in, but then I also think back to um, it's, you know one of those wonderful pictures from Harry and Meghan's wedding when Charles is taking Meghan's hand to walk her up the rest of the aisle. Like she's walked, she's mm. walked in on her own, and then she goes through that sort of little mini, I don't know, archway type situation, and Charles takes her hands, and there's a real look of sort of connection and and care between yeah, them. Which I, I mean, let's not really forget special. it was a, it was an absolute car crash at the time the fact that um thomas was not you know the business with the paparazzi and then he wasn't coming to the wedding then he was ill charles stepped in he stepped he stepped in and it was it played out such that it wasn't an embarrassing episode he he was absolutely beautifully handled and i think that he deserves an awful lot of credit for that um and it doesn't seem as though he's being given any credit on the face of this however when the website opens up um, as I'm sure it will do in the coming months. Maybe there'll be a whole page about fathers and how amazing he is. However, maybe a missed opportunity. So let's hear what some of our listeners had to say. Natalie Jenks, yikes, Harry leaving out his father felt like a gut punch to me. It seems intentionally hurtful. Azora, poor Charles. Elena Green, first impression. Why invoke Diana at the expense of Charles with this poem? I know Megan has fallen out with her father, but the same is not true of Harry, is it? I'm confused. Rachel Steiner. So the foundation is going to feed hungry people in disasters, support mental health access to marginalised groups and try and make the internet a better place. And people are calling them insufferable and worried about Charles. I mean, get an actual grip. This is incredible stuff. Thank goodness we have people like Harry and Meghan in this world. Um, 
So who else did we have? Lizette Rosario, Miss Teresa on Instagram says, I loved it. I know they can get tiresome, but I wish them success in their endeavors. And I think they're taking the right path with the goals of their foundation. Sharon Ann, I feel they're putting themselves front and center of Archwell, Archwell, whichever way you want to call it. Therefore, keeping focus on the good deeds they are doing rather than focus on the good deeds. It feels like 2021 will have a lot of look at the great work we are doing more than Archwell as a foundation with more moving parts than just Harry and Meghan is making, is making positive changes in society. A um, couple more, Constance Lanyet. Well, I see the whiners and naysayers are out in force moaning about anything the Sussexes say or do. It never fails. Eyes rolling emoji. In 2021, I hope the, Sus the Sussexes, it's never an easy word to say that one, continue their humanitarian endeavours, more power to them. And Rachel Mary says, this proves what so many people seem to forget when criticising Harry and Meghan's departure from the firm that they are following in Diana's footsteps. Um, we had a lot of comments as well on the podcast. So I think um, when I was listening to the podcast, it reminded me of a friend. So she was re recommended a book to me. Um, and then she said, although whether you like it will probably depend on your appetite for self-help books. And I was like, <laughs> I have, you know, I think it's words to that effect. It's like essentially like if you don't like self-help type of stuff, you won't like this. And I, I feel like actually that is part of it's that kind of genre almost you could find harry and megan's work on the on the self-help type um shelves if you went to the bookshop or the record shop for the podcast and it's just not quite it's not quite my not my cup of tea as we say no I, listen i'll i'll we're going to reserve judgment it's i don't get all the whole self-help aspect of it but i'm all for them getting out and using a platform to do good in the world who wouldn't be that's you know it should be churlish to, for anyone to disagree with that um perhaps it's just the the way it's done sometimes it doesn't need to be so smaltzy dun, 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 dun. <laughs> i mean that's ringing that's in our favorite sound yeah. effect so um you know if you if you want dan to bin the sound effect then we'll have to uh, have a little uh, voting session or something on the instagram but it, may, it makes me chuckle at the moment they do have quite a lot of twinkly twinkly music on their podcast which i did find yeah. i did find it made it more difficult to hear what was actually being said but maybe i'm just used to our sort of happy chaos that we work in and sort of you know clear clear noise and just our dulcet british tones for people to enjoy but um so a few comments that people have shared from the podcast there's quite a lot of no thanks of it's not for me so i'm not going to listen to it um someone nicola collins said and oh, no i couldn't possibly invade the privacy they so crave um, Diane Kay, I will listen to, to your review as I think it is terrible they used Archie as a promotion for this when all they want is his privacy. Hypocritical, I don't need a lecture from them. Erin, aka Marvelous Mailer, said I thought it was a very inspiring way to end 2020. Archie's awesome, just sent some applause and a heart. Uh, who else? I mean, let's, let's say the, the Archie oh, thing, on. right? I mean, <laughs> okay couple more couple more michelle stone it was amazing and very motivational i hope this format was a one and done as i do want them talking to each other or guests but it was very good and they had quite the mix of guests from both sides of the pond nancy mcintosh powell it was awesome a nice way to reflect on the year and little archie at the end so adorable he has a bit of a british accent like his dad obviously over here we thought he had a bit of an american accent. yeah that's interesting isn't it yeah um, and yeah. then she finishes if you are an h&m hater then why are you even listening so which is you know it's a fair point if you have the remote control or you can you can choose what to listen to or not and that's fine each to their own 
Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you, you, it's you have the power. You do not need to listen to it. Obviously, uh, we're just commenting on it because we that's our jobs. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who like it. That is an interesting debate, though, about using Archie. I actually thought it was quite sweet. However, um, some people were criticising it to say that can, can you have it both ways? Can you protect your child's privacy while still using them in a way that they are then engaged in your commercial features. I mean, the sort of things that celebrities have on Instagram, don't they? Whether they use their children, they can protect their privacy to a certain extent of not having photographers outside their door, but they can choose to put them on their own personal Instagram. I mean, I don't know where I fit. I, I, I sit on it, really. Well, I think it, I do think that the privacy thing is interesting because obviously the Christmas card they chose to show is that sort of digital art, or, you know, sort of an arty digitised thing out of a photo that had been taken. So we saw Archie and kind of saw his reddish brown hair, but didn't get to see him see him. And it's almost like they see his privacy as being his his face and his likeness because they, you know, on that in that Christmas card they shared. You know, they shared his his pretty epic Wendy house that he's got to play with, and you know they've done the Christmas tree. So they're talking about him and what he's done, and they're going to replant the tree and all that kind of thing. So they've talked about him there, and then they've shared his voice on the podcast, um, which is obviously also a more a more commercial venture. A Christmas a Christmas card is a Christmas card, but that's a more commercial venture. So I think it I think it is. In, I think it is really interesting and it's it's a really tricky question for them. So I was reading an interview over the weekend with, I think it was an interview I was reading with Emma Barnett, who was just taking over this week as the host of Women's Hour, who had received actually a message from the Queen on um, for their first show as well, because it's 75 years of Women's Hour. Queen paid a lovely tribute to how much it had contributed over time. And anyway, so the interviewer in this, um, in this interview noted that she didn't she never refers to the name of her partner or of their child that's sort of reference so there's mm. you have these different layers of privacy that that people choose in terms of do they share the name um from a legal point of view quite often celebrities when they have children they will they will send around a note to sort of say you know we've had a baby our baby is a private citizen you don't we object to any pictures being taken or or published so you do have that kind of that kind of thing but certainly his, historically with celebrities and what's ca- what can we write about them or what can we share about them and their family and their family life it does depend on how much they choose to give away and the more people do give away on social media or, or wherever or podcasts and things then it, the harder it is to say actually my life is private if you've put put your if you've put your life all over instagram it's then quite hard to say that your life is is private and it it's a thing that even you know even any parent has to work out is how you know i've had friends some of them didn't want to put their children on didn't put their children on social media for years and years and then at some stage changed their mind or whatever and, and yeah i mean i find yeah that's yeah that is interesting i but i just i mean i know piers Morgan was probably the most vocal about this he was uh he usually is <laughs> well of course but he was i mean i was reading it now that he was accusing them of using their son archie to flog their new spotify podcast and that is you know it's it opens them up to this um He's range of commentary yeah, yeah because you're you're protecting him. You're not giving. You're not naming the godparents, which again just seemed like a crazy 
hill to die on at that certain at that moment in time, then you're um, you're quite rightly so challenging uh, paparazzi photographers who are using long lenses to to take pictures inside your um, private residence of you and your child. And then you're putting him on a Christmas card and using his voice to publicize your podcast because they knew what would happen. Um, you know, they cannot be that naive to say that if they didn't, if they, if they don't do that, then nobody's going to be talking about Archie. But if they do do that, then, then Archie's, everyone's going to be picking over the fact that he's speaking for the first time. He's whether he has a British accent or American accent. And both. then there's <laughs> Col or Gobbo. And then that's, you know, column inches after column inches are filled um, and, and then publicizing their podcast. So, you know, I, I, I don't, um, I don't, I think it's a very sticky wicket, shall we say. Sticky and wicket, a bit of cricket getting in here. Um, I just, to make another sort of a legal, uh, a legal note in terms of like long, long lens cameras attempting to take pictures of them inside their homes like in the uk we cannot publish those pictures like it's not allowed we have even if they're published abroad you kind of have to check what the what the circumstances were in which pictures were taken um so there's there's a lot of certainly among the the traditional media there is a um there is a lot of care taken about what um where pictures are taken and and that kind of thing and in what circumstances and yeah so <laughs> And they've uh, settled that case with the famous pictures that were taken in Canada of Megan walking in the park with, with Archie on her front, um, which, you know, is, is an interest, all kinds of things going on with splash splash pictures for that. And I think they've agreed not to take any more pictures of them. Is that the, the outcome of it all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, st I'm still wondering who this podcast is for. <laughs> I, I just don't I just don't know I mean I listened to it I mean did, what did you think do you think it was interesting uh, I thought there were bits of it, it was too um, there was almost a bit too much in it there was too there were too many different people and it maybe again this is not what I associate um, it's, it's not the kind of podcast that I enjoy I enjoy taking one bit and qu getting quite deep into it that's what I do that's what um like West Wing Weekly is probably the main main podcast that I listen to for for fun I like I feel like a podcast is a time where you can take a bit of time to explore more deeply and there were some really interesting people on there who I think you could have had deeper explorations of things with and there were, there were some nice moments but I guess you know it was a holiday podcast so i think it's it's about with all of their stuff with all of their stuff it's all just a start it's about what happens next that i think is going to be interesting so anyway let's move on the queen the queen she was back as usual with her christmas message i mean she'd not even recorded it the last time we spoke because we weren't sure what was going to be happening and what she was hanging on to but i thought it was I thought it was really interesting. It made me quite emotional, actually. It made me quite emotional, actually. We were watching it on... I, I mean, I, I was... We were watching it on uh, Christmas... Obviously, Christmas down there, and we watched it a little bit later um, on Instagram. And, yeah, it was... I mean, there was a lot of religious imagery. What sort but of it was um, also, language? It was also a real kind of feeling of actually... Uh, you know, we talk about Charles wanting to be defender of the faiths, 
plural mm. when he becomes mm. king. But yes. I felt like the Queen's message was very in, sort of inclusive and aware of other faiths and that it's not just people at Christmas that have had their very important celebrations changed this year. And, you know, talking about the fire, you know, the sort of the Diwali fireworks that have been lighting at the sky around Windsor where people had... And Eid e- e- being cancelled with 24 hours notice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's absolutely, it was absolutely right that, that she spoke about that. Um, yeah, I, I was. It was probably. I think we're all possibly in a more of an emotional heightened state, aren't we? And and certainly, maybe we all. I mean, there was tier four all over the UK. People from London were sort of banned from going outside their front door, weren't they? But I mean, we were all struggling with Christmas and what mixing. Uh, uh, this was the only normal bit of Christmas. This was the only normal yeah. bit of Christmas, essentially, wasn't it? This was the only thing that you know. It's we had to get an emergency tree. tree. <laughs> we, had, we got a tree on Christmas Eve delivered to the house. Well, that yeah, is a it, true emergency, Russell. It was yeah. an emergency. Did you get an emergency sweater delivered as well after your oh, Christmas I've got a few sweater abomination? I've got a few. Of them. I mean, I'll bring them out we, later. We want a better one next year, please. Yes, <laughs> very nice one. I can't but, believe um, you're so rude about it. Anyway. And then the Queen, I thought it was, you know, you could see the, having the, the video calls in that you could see the, the different members of the royal family. There was quite a lot of what um, Kate had been working on with the hold still pictures that were featured in it quite heavily. And it was just quite, it was, it was nice. It was, it was a really nice thing to have on Christmas afternoon. Yeah, and to sort of talking about togetherness and um, I don't think it needed that wartime spirit that we'd had in the previous addresses um, that were sort of in states of natural emergency. This was all about hope more than anything, I thought, and using that uh, imagery of the fact that this isn't just us, there are other people going through it. There are other people who have experienced um, you know, missing their families and loved ones all throughout the year with different religious ceremonies that um, that made made us all think of for, for a while. And um, I... <laughs> Again, we're in this situation now, aren't we? That the I, I can't imagine we're going to see the roars. Well, we won't see the roars out and about for quite some time, and it will be quite difficult to garner the interest that we had mm. during the first lockdown because when they were all um, doing Zoom, Charles and William were discussing video it. Calls, then, Russell, video sorry, calls, Russell. Video calls. Other other uh, systems are available. Uh, when they were doing their video calls, <laughs> they were. Um, it was all sort of quite new and exciting, wasn't it? And we were like, oh, gosh, look at them. They're all speaking to all these different charities and, and how are they going to speak to each other? And and the fact that you've got Prince Charles and the Queen sitting on a video call was, was just new and unique and, and, his, and historic. Um, however, it all just feels that we have been here before. So they are going to have to be inventive. And they are, I mean, I spoke to someone yesterday, how they are even speaking amongst themselves try and work out how, what they can do so my bet is that we're going to see a bit more collaboration you know like we had um sophie wessex and you had kate doing something and uh, princess anne and the queen and w- whether we're going to get charles and william involved together you may see a lot more collaboration because they've got to freshen it up a bit so that's oh, mine just, that's so my thought the the first lockdown like staged with David Tennant and Michael Sheen was one of my favorite things was on telly and it's just come back now and I'm just imagining like a so that's two actors who are meant to be in a thing and they end up doing it all over zoom or making plans and stuff out over zoom instead if you can track it down and haven't seen it yet do watch it because it is absolutely hilarious and I've got high hopes for series two as well anyway I was just thinking about you know 
you can imagine having William and Charles having similar kind of like uh, video call planning meetings of, oh, so what should we do? And having almost like a royal version of stage. That's what we need. to invent. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we're going to do. But maybe you could have, you know, Kate and Sophie chatting in an Instagram live. That is where we're going next. I mean, maybe. Yeah, they've got to freshen it up. So, yeah, nothing's off limits, I think. And they've got to, you know, reinvent themselves again, I think, because we're not going to, we are not going to see them for, a while you've got seven weeks i mean do we believe that to start with to start yeah with. i mean we're in this till april right i reckon nothing's going to be I mean, normal for ages until so then let's say we so then as soon as the lockdown ends they will try they will get back out so if this is going to happen you go on till march april time they're going to need to be doing something quite different the cambridges are staying at anma You've got uh, Charles, Camilla staying up at Highgrove. Queen isn't going to be at Windsor for the foreseeable future. I mean, I, I can't see her going back to Buckingham Palace for a long time, well into the summer, mm. um, because things are working at the moment. They're in HMS bubbles still, still going. So they may, they just may not up and up and move people. So I think everybody does feel a bit flat at the moment. A bit meh. Bit meh, but 2021, just like 2020. But no, it's not. It's going to be better. Things are going to get better. The days are getting longer. We've got more daylight coming. Um, it will get better. The Queen knows when she's got a good message, though, because she did reinvoke her. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. Her Majesty the Queen wishing you all a happy and healthy New Year. So she busted that one out again for mm. the New Year. New Year message, which I think was um, a good move. Um, the Wessexes did manage to get up to Sandringham and then presumably back again. They had the Christmas time up up there um, oh, did we, and, near uh, the Cambridges. I, I, I lost, there was a bit of uh, trouble. Oh, so yes. Naughty. Very naughty. I mean, I'm surprised that they were naughty. so lax, to be honest with you. And it was you know, an accident, I think, without what admitting that they had this? done wrong. Well, they were at sort of some sort of winter wonderland light show event in Sandringham and uh, they had different tickets to go in at different times. And because you sort of amble around the, uh, the exhibition that uh, there had been a brief moment where they had bottlenecked and that they were then walking out in the open side by side, breaking the rule of six by being a group of nine. Um, and yeah, I think they, they they did do wrong, and they sort of had to admit it that they've um, mistakenly broken the rules uh, momentarily. Um, but yeah, they probably should have been a bit more careful, shouldn't they? Yeah, I thought it was interesting that um, William and Kate chose to share sort of you know quite a Harry and Meghan style post actually for their Christmas Day message of thinking about others and the NHS and and essentially pictures of other people rather than a family picture of their own. But the it was also quite smart because it meant that the pictures that were in the papers the next day, you had the Queen doing her message and you had the amazing Christmas Day picture of Charles and Camilla as Mr. and Mrs. Bo Peep with their shepherds. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the, is this with the, the crooks? Yeah, with the crooks. Because if, let's face it, if you get a new picture of William and Kate and the kids, that will get priority on the page. Mm. But if you've got a new picture of Charles and Camilla and no picture of William and Kate and the kids, you're going to use Charles and Camilla. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I thought it was rather fun. It was I like their, fun. their Christmas card as well, was with all the flowers. I thought that was a quite a different take on it. 
look forward to the spring. This is the hope we have. You didn't like it? No, didn't feel oh. like Christmas. I know, like but Christmas. Christmas isn't Christmas this year, was it? So maybe that I actually thought it was a good idea. I thought, yeah, you know, maybe give people a bit of hope that it's all going to be blooming lovely. Blooming we marvellous. like snow, though, Russell. We can hope for snow as well, although it is a bit cold at the moment. But anyway, um, Camilla, she's, I mean, she's a regular person that I am a fan of. I do, I'm, I do like her work. So we've got her book club to look forward to. Yes, it's our notes looking forward to us. Which should be good. And then my favourite thing that I've discovered this week, which I've... Um, check out the no check it it's on Clarence House's Instagram but it's a Pride of Scotland event where um, you know it's, which is a part of the sort of the Pride of Britain family where we surprise amazing people who've done great things with an award anyway so the lady from Dame Laura Lee from Maggie Centre in Scotland she'd come down to Clarence House under whatever auspices they'd said to come down there to you know meet someone from Camilla's team or something anyway and then Camilla turns up and says oh she's saying, well, I wasn't expected to see you and then Camilla shares this news that she's um they're giving her this Pride of Scotland award and they clearly know each other quite well because Dame Laura Lee then is like you're outrageous and just this <laughs> <laughs> and she looks quite emotional and Camilla sort of looks all giggly and it's very cute but you can you get a flavour of what of the work they do together um Camilla's I think president of the organization but you get a sense of actually these two women know each other quite well and sort of respect each other so it was a lot it was a lot of fun it made me chuckle and feel a bit warm but um yeah the book club I think is a really exciting and interesting venture as a sort of a virtual virtual book book world so we've got Joe Wicks doing the PE and Camilla can be can be the um the English teacher. Yeah, I think it's good because she'd done something similar during the uh, during the summer, and it and it and it really took off. And she's obviously an avid reader. Um, it's worked well in the past, and um, she. I mean, she's got seven literary patronages uh, anyway, and it's something that she's very very committed to. She's backed reading campaigns in the past, and I think that um, to try and get people reading, try you know, try and reaching. Uh, not, not only children as well. This is going to be quite quite inclusive, and I, I think they're going to try. They don't really know how they're going to manage the success of it just yet. And they're going to do it on Instagram, and there are going to be some Instagram stories. I think we saw one with um, Charlie Mackay recently that she was talking to. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I think it's, this is a it's a really good idea and something that she uh, she'll, she'll continue throughout the the year. So yeah, again, I don't know how we're going to measure the success. But um, maybe there'll be other... I think it's more of a movable feast. They're going to try and plan some events around it later in the year. Well, yeah, and some things aren't about, like, quantity, are they? They're about quality. So it's not necessarily volume, but it's about is it making a difference? Are people getting something out of it? And the the timing of it feels quite good as well. So the first book that was mentioned is The Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse, which I haven't read. But the pictures, the illustrations look beautiful. And there's one... um, one of the streets near me obviously everybody put rainbows in their windows and and things but there's one that's someone's redrawn one of the illustrations out of the book and i think it i think it just says be kind said the horse charlie mackesee is his name i've just yeah. I've misread so I walk, it i walk past that one quite regularly and i like to see it it's a nice a nice message to see so that's something that's something to look forward to in 2021 um anything else to look forward to in 2021 before i go through the uh, the statistics well you know what um no i'm not at the moment they are all looking at their diaries and they are working out how they can 
be seen, I suppose, um, because heard. seen or heard or both or, or collaborate. And I, I think we're going to see some collaborations because they've got to, they've got to reinvent themselves. They've got to, we've got to get us through to Easter with these lockdowns and the fact that they can't be getting out and about. And there's going to be an awful lot of charities and businesses who need their help. And as you sort of hark your mind back to when, um, when they were all speaking a bit to it, you know, NHS workers, care workers, opening Nightingale hospitals, then being out and about, being able to go to garden centres and pubs when we were trying to support British businesses to keep going, um, it's going to, it's all going to be a bit different, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, I think I can't, I cannot offer you any more concrete information than that, but be sure. I will tell I'm keeping us when, tabs on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing they won't be doing, as we briefly touched on earlier, is planning the garden parties. They have been officially cancelled for this year because the the time was coming up where they were going to have to confirm with the contractors that sort of go or no go moment that everything has has got, and the moment came, and it's just like actually we can't we can't we can't commit to this at the moment. Essentially, wasn't it? Pretty much. I mean, they, they, it takes an awful lot of planning and they had to let the contractors know um, whether they were going to go ahead. And it's, uh, it's, it's particularly sad that none of them are going to go ahead now, but it just shows you what an awful lot of planning that takes, um, at least six months to, to try and get them all done. And it's just not, it's not feasible at the moment. So, I mean, talking about garden parties, then you're talking about tours as well, that these need an awful lot of planning, some, several months at um, some stages, and it just seems all a bit distant at the moment, isn't it? But I think there will be renewed hope in the, you know, once we get through this last push, hopefully, um, get to Easter, then we may see some real, um, you know, some real appetite to try and move forward very, very quickly with everything. So finally, just to finish off, every year, Tim O'Donovan writes to the Times. He is the man who counts up the things in the court circular um, to uh, see what, well, how much the royals have been up to on a given year. So there's an interesting interview with him in the, in the, sort of the main bit of the paper, because they obviously get the letter and, and turn it into a news story as well. So he was talking about the, sort of how well the, the royals have done with doing all of their video stuff and I hadn't realised that it's basically down to him that um, the, uh, the the engagements abroad are also counted because they didn't used to be in the court circular and it seems like he actually knows the Queen quite well as well they go to the go to the same church and things so it's very interesting but they don't they don't talk about this because the royals back in the day also the, you know they tried to stop him doing this um doing this uh totting up of what has been going on and it means that there is a particular line in in the letter that he sends each year which emphasizes that this is not a league table so anyway i'm going to read you the letter from Tim O'Donovan of Datchet in Berkshire, which was sent to the Times and was published on the 1st of January. Sir, I have carried out a survey of the official engagements undertaken by the Royal Family during 2020 as reported in the court circular. Like all of us, COVID-19 has affected all members of the Royal Family and the number of engagements they have carried out. I should again emphasise that the above table of figures should not be converted into a quote marks league table of individual royal performance all engagements differ as to time and content and there is also the time taken in preparation whether it be a visit investiture or speech 
except for Christmas Day and Easter Day, the Queen never has a day off from the official red boxes that pursue her everywhere, which I think was a really nice way to put the sort of commitment that the Queen has. So anyway, there's obviously a lot more in the video link and telephone call um, this year than you would normally expect to see. Prince Charles has had the most engagements with um, 253 in the UK. I expect you know these numbers already, Russell, but I can do a test anyway. <laughs> do you know which royal carried out the most overseas engagements last year? Charles. No, wrong. Sophie oh. Wessex. She managed Gosh. to get quite a lot oh, of travel. Right. She, she did, actually, because she was in... Uh... Sierra Leone and then she was like in January she was really really busy yeah she had a yeah. busy, busy 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 time and um, most... Charles can't have been far behind because he went to Israel and Palestine yeah Sophie 26 Charles 18 um, oh. so Charles had 253 UK engagements Princess Royal 233 and where's the uh, video link and telephone engagements Charles came out top of that list as well. He had 84, Princess Royal 77, uh, Duke of Cambridge 70, Duchess of Cambridge 39. So I thought that was interesting. And Harry and Meghan, even though they were, um, you know, working royals the first part of the year, they are not featured in the table, which I think is another sign that they have left their roles. It's quite mm. sort of interesting and if you're into fashion not fashion yeah if you're into fashion numbers if you're into royal numbers was, was what i want to say was do check out our friends at ufo no more who have done their totting up of what um what the royals have been spending on their clothing this year probably do we a have a, bit more a, than num- a uh, <laughs> do we have a list of pussy bows worn by individual members of the royal family that's all i'm interested in oh good question don't know League table, that's what we need. League table, you can start counting this year. Who spent the most on their clothes? Princess Charlene. Who? (laughs) Don't worry, she's not on your beat. I think she's in Monaco. (laughs) Good luck. I missed a trick here. No, you you only only look at... You're very boring, Russell. You only look at our UK ones. No, I I did a documentary about the Spanish royal family recently. Oh, they're a bit lively, aren't they? They are very lively. (laughs) They're very interesting. Old King Felipe is, you know, it's absolutely fascinating. I did a lot of research on it and, and I'm very interested in it, so... Well, no, there's lots of lots of fabulous pictures put out by the various um, European monarchies over Christmas. So, uh, but UFO no more. Check them out. They have some great numbers. Russell, it's been lovely to catch up with you. It has been. It's been lovely. It's been too long. Um, I've already got um, a couple of exciting guests lined up, so you won't have to speak to me every week. I'm afraid. Oh no. Okay. Well, I do enjoy we'll it. See. Well, I'll be back. Yes. So Hopefully, with it. some news of some jobs and some things people happening. Happening. Yeah. Exactly. But I think I think the, I think what we can think is that the royals really rose to the occasion last year, found a new way of doing things, and they are an institution that has continued to reinvent themselves. We've all just had to do it a little bit quicker <laughs> for the last yeah. few months. So, um, good luck to everybody who is reinve- reinventing themselves again, or you know, continuing to get through it because you know we we will get there. And we will keep you company on the way with um, a little bit of 
a change of pace hopefully so thank you for listening to us as ever we're on Podsafe on instagram and on twitter i'm posting a little bit more on my angripa journalist facebook page as well when i remember as well if you want to check me there and russell's all over the twitter and the instagram so find him he's rj myers or russell j myers depending where you are looking but um that's it for this week so until next time Pod save the queen!